Right, everybody. All right. We are just a minute or two behind here, so we're going to go ahead and get service started tonight. So if you could make your way to your seats, that would be wonderful. Amen. It is the most wonderful time of the year. It's also the busiest time of the year. Has anybody else noticed that? So we got lots of stuff going on. The youth group is having their party tonight. So uh, they're over there doing a good thing and having a great time. But let's go ahead and stand up together tonight. We are going to open up uh, by just like we always do by speaking some words of faith over the United States of America. And we are going to keep believing and decreeing that we are seeing this country come to Jesus. Can we get an amen tonight? Amen. All right, let's go ahead and we're going to speak these words of faith out loud together. Father, as we come to you in Jesus' name and in unity, we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, give the Lord some praise tonight. Yes, and you may be seated. All right. Well, it has been a busy month, and we are coming down into the end of it. So we used to have an announcement page that was this long, and now it's about this long. So I'm personally kind of grateful for that. But one thing we want to make you aware of is we do have a photo booth over here. Uh, Sunday we had some of the photographers doing pictures, but we're just going to leave it up for the next week or two. If you want to do your own pictures over there, you go ahead and uh, just get your phone out and take some pictures if you'd like. And that is available to you. And then this Saturday is the Christmas Eve candlelight service, everybody. And this is one of our favorite nights of the entire year. And so be here at 6 p.m. And, of course, it's not a very long service, maybe 30, 45 minutes. We're going to get together, uh, maybe read the Christmas story, sing some Christmas songs. And, of course, we'll light our candles at the end for Silent Night. But uh, we encourage everybody to come on out and be here for that night. It is a wonderful, wonderful evening. And then... The million-dollar question, do we have church on Christmas Day? And yes, we do. We have church on Christmas Day, all right? And so you don't want to cancel church uh, on Jesus' birthday. That just Something just doesn't you know, settle very well about that. So uh, we will have the 10 a.m. service, and, uh, you know, it'll be brief. It'll be maybe about an hour long. And then uh, there's no p.m. service, though, uh, on Sunday. So we will be here in the morning, though, at 10 a.m., and we encourage you to come on out. Uh, you know, if you're in town and available, please come on out, and we're going to celebrate Jesus' birthday together, and it's going to be a wonderful awesome day. Can we get an amen tonight? Amen. All right. Well, believe it or not, that is almost all the announcements I have. I need Casey to come up. I almost forgot. Casey, <laughs> Casey's going to come up and she's, uh, has been asked to share, um, another announcement. And I do want to make you aware that the bookstore is doing 20% off of everything for the month of December. And so, uh, you know, we're a few days out from Christmas, but if you ha have a few things to get still, go in there. What better could you give somebody than the Word of God? I mean, that's the best thing ever. So anyway, take advantage of that. But Casey, uh, they asked you to share something, so go ahead. Come inspire our queen. 
Um, so Miss Barstow herself asked me to um, address you guys all. Um, Saturday is Cops for Kids in the morning. They give, sorry, um, they, yeah, <laughs> they like to, well, what they do is they donate the kid or the people donate um, toys for the kids, and then we go to different neighborhoods and we'll give every child a gift. So with that being said, me, um, if you guys want to help, you guys can meet at the fire station at 7 a.m. And if you have a truck, you can meet in the bay to load up with your gifts. So if you have a truck and you want to help, we can load it up in the um, bay at the fire station on Barster Road. And if not, meet at Diamond Pacific at 8 a.m. so we can pray on Saturday morning. So with that being said, like if you guys want to help come out and help us, have a good time, fellowship, and pray. So, and let's bless these children. All right, very good. Very good. All right, praise the Lord. Well, if that is uh, you're available and that's something you're interested in, then you go right ahead. And there's your information. All right, who knows what time it is now? Yes, it's happy time, and we get happy because God loves a cheerful giver. Amen. If you need an envelope tonight for your tithes and your offerings, raise your hand, and Jesse Garcia would love to give you one. Amen. And if you're giving online, you can go to hdwc.org slash giving. We're going to go ahead and open our Bibles tonight to Philippians chapter 4 and verse 19. We're going to do a very familiar verse that I wanted to share because I kind of had a funny story to share with it involving one of my brothers. So, in fact, none of my brothers are here tonight. Oh, this isn't even, yeah. I can roast all of them. <laughs> all right. Oh, man. There's just something about it when you've got brothers just doing things to them. It just, you know, it hits different, as the young people say. It feels good. So Philippians 4.19, we've been quoting this verse all year, especially, as, you know, through some of the economic things the country has seen. But it is the absolute truth. The Apostle Paul said, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Amen. And so if it is a need in your life, hey, my God shall supply all your needs. And again, as we always say, it's not according to, you know, the current economic status of the United States. It's not even according to, you know, your boss. It's according uh, to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And you need to know that Jesus isn't scared and Jesus isn't broke and Jesus isn't out of money. Amen. You know that tonight, right? Right? You know that. Amen? So we need to know that, that we can trust him to provide for all of our needs, and we don't have to sit around and complain about things. And so, anyway, I picked up my oldest brother today uh, from the airport, and I just got back into town like an hour ago, but he wanted to run to Walmart real quick and get some stuff, and he's scanning. He wanted, he got some Coke and some bottled water, and, and he's not he's from he's coming in from Georgia, not California. And he's looking at the screen, and he sees this thing called the CRV fee, and he's like, What? An extra couple of dollars for my, what is this? Then he rings up his waters and there's another fee. And everything he keeps ringing has these fees attached to him. And he's like, let me, and he's like, well, at least the bags are free, right? And I was like, ooh, <laughs> I got <laughs> about that. No, no we got to pay for those two in California. And so he's like, what are you talking about? So, you know, you got a lot to learn, young man. But anyway, either way, it doesn't matter because God shall supply all of our needs, right? According to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. Amen. All right. Well, let's stand up together tonight. We are going to speak some words of faith.
over our tithes and our offerings because everything we do is by faith. Amen. So let's speak these words together. Then we're going to get into some praise and worship. And tonight is also the third Wednesday, which means that we're going to do communion right after praise and worship. And then we'll get into the word of God. Amen. So let's speak these words of faith together. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth and business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously in the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's go. Okay, join us up here at the altar as we praise the Lord together on tonight. Let's worship him on tonight. Let's raise our voices.
tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves when my heart becomes free and my shame is undone your presence with your presence, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory 
Praise the Lord. Well, like we uh, said a minute ago, we're going to receive communion tonight uh, with it being our third Wednesday night of the month. Uh, so I encourage you if uh, uh, go ahead and get in line and come on up here. You don't have to be a member of High Desert Word Center to receive communion with us. You just need to be a member of the Christian family, a member of the body of Christ. And so uh, if that's you, uh, go ahead and come on up, receive the elements, and you can head back to your spots there, and we'll do communion in a minute. And anybody watching online can uh, re receive communion with us even from home uh, this evening. So if you have the elements there at your house, we invite you to go ahead and partake with us from there. I'm going to read a few verses here out of 1 Corinthians chapter 11 to us. And uh, we know that whenever we take communion, we're remembering and acknowledging and honoring uh, the sacrifice that Jesus made. And, of course, here in a few days, we're really celebrating when Jesus came into the world. And as we celebrate communion, uh, we're reflecting and looking upon the time that he uh, gave his life to save the world. But 1 Corinthians 11 in verse 26, it says, for every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are renouncing the Lord's death until he comes again. So anyone who eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord unworthily is guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. And of course, that is not a spot that we want to find ourselves in. Uh, uh, we don't want to sin against God in any way. We sincerely don't want to sin against the body and blood of the Lord. The book of Hebrews really warns us about disrespecting the blood of Jesus. And, uh, and that's why verse 28 tells us what to do. It says, that is why you should examine yourself or judge yourself before eating the bread and drinking the cup. And so we're going to take a minute this evening, just like we always do, to examine our lives and judge our lives. And if the Lord's dealing with you on uh, something in your life, maybe something uh, to repent of, something that you need to change, something you need to do different, right now is the time to do that. And, I've, you know, I've just been more serious about this lately than ever. But if you have unrepentant sin in your life and you're unwilling to address that, I would encourage you to not receive communion because then you would be crossing that threshold of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Now, we understand that if we're struggling with something, but, you know, we're not 
denying that, we're taking it to the Lord for help, and we're, we're trying, and we're acknowledging it, then praise God. That's one thing. Receive communion tonight and ask Jesus for help. But if you've got something that you know is sin, and you're just flat out or unwilling to even work on it or give it to the Lord, then that would be a, a spot where I would say you probably should not receive communion uh, because you could bring some damage into your life by sinning against the blood of the Lord. And you could read the rest of this chapter to learn more about that. I don't have time to preach on that tonight. But anyway, let's take a minute this evening and examine ourselves, judge our lives. And if we need to repent, if we need to talk to God, we need to make something right, then let's do that right now uh, before we receive communion. First Corinthians eleven twenty three, the Apostle Paul writes, For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, This is my body which is broken for you. Do this to remember me. And so, Jesus, we take this bread tonight and we understand that this represents your body which was broken for us, Lord. By your stripes, we have been healed. And, and Lord, uh, because of, of the, the bruises and the beating that you received, Lord, Isaiah tells us that the chastisement of our peace was laid upon you. So we can have peace, we can have healing because you gave your body and we receive this tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 25 says, in the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this to remember me as often as you drink it. And so, Jesus, tonight we take this juice and we take it in remembrance of your blood that paid the price for our sins because you did this, Lord. We have been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus and we can call heaven our home someday, and our sins are forgiven. We love you. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. The Lord is good, isn't he? Amen. I love to receive communion together as a family. It is a special time, and we always do it as reverently as possible to give thanks to Jesus. Amen. 
All right. Well, praise God. Thank you for receiving communion with us. I'm going to go ahead and have pastor come on up tonight. He's going to deliver the word of God to us. And we are just going to have a really, really awesome time in the word this evening. Amen. Let's give the Lord a little bit of praise tonight. Can we do that? Hallelujah. God is good. is good forever and ever and ever and ever. I, I, I remember around 25 or 30 years ago, I was at a Billy Brim meeting. Most people probably don't know who she is, but she's a mighty woman of prayer. And uh, I remember when Billy Brim was talking, she said that it was really popular at that time to say, God is good, that it could be say all the time. And she said that, and the Lord corrected her. He said, why would you limit me to time? I'm good forever. And after that, I changed. I don't say God is good all the time anymore. I always say God is good forever and ever and ever and ever. He's always good, not just time. He's not limited to time. Amen? What do you think about that? You like little nuggets like that? He is good forever, and I'm so grateful for that. All right, you got your Bibles with you. Amen. Hold up your Bible or hold up your whatever you're using to read the Word of God with and say, this is my Bible. This is the holy written Word of God. Given to me by God my Father to reveal to me the living word. This is the written word. My Savior is the, li- the, the living word. I can have everything he says I can have. I can do everything he says I can do. And I am who he says I am. In Jesus' name, I will receive all he has for me tonight. Amen, amen, amen. Give somebody a high five. Give a shout to the Lord. And, and tonight I'm, I'm going to teach on one of my favorite subjects to teach on. And the title is Healing is the Will of God. Healing is the Will of God. I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 8. We're going to start off at verse 1. Amen. And you know, I look, I look at the times we live in. I look at all the different... Uh, sickness and stuff that goes around and and you know i there's so many different thoughts i can have on that from a spiritual spiritual perspective but i think about all the covid stuff that everybody you're hearing all the time might be covid might be covid well you know i just think about all the stuff how does how does faith come hearing what the word of god how does fear come hearing and hearing the word of what the world has to say they don't have faith. They got fear. And if you feed yourself all the time on all the bad news of what they say, you could expect, guess what you'll start expecting? Amen. Amen. And so we need to, we need to have believers to recognize sickness has always been here ever since the fall in the Garden of Eden. There's always been some new sickness, some new disease, some new plague. I, I, I remember... When cancer used to be the big fear word, and everybody's afraid of cancer all the time. And if you don't know the word of God, you're probably still afraid of it. But the thing is, I know that the one that lives in me is greater than cancer. He's greater than COVID. He's greater than anything that the devil wants to throw my way. And I, I, I think about a guy named Morris Motta. He's, he's a pastor, traveling, traveling preacher, been to our church several times years ago. But anyway, he had, he had a song the Lord gave him. And the song uh, was this, the devil could try his best, but his best is never enough. If you know, if you know 
what belongs to you in the Word of God. And, you know, I, I know we're kind of limited on time tonight, so I, but sometimes, you know, I know that a lot of people that go have heard a lot of this. Some people do have never heard any of it. And there's somebody out there that might come across this on YouTube or Facebook, never heard of Jesus. And so they're hearing things for the first time. But for Christians that know the Word and know some things, we know from the Word of God that it's God's will for all to be saved. That everybody doesn't get saved. A lot of people, when they hear the good news of salvation through Jesus, they choose not to act on the Word and say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. Forgive me. Come into my heart, Jesus. I want to be saved. I want to go to heaven. And if they don't act on the Word of God in faith when they hear it, they don't go to heaven. Well, there's Christians. Now listen to me. There's Christians that sit in churches like this around the world. And they hear different things we're teaching about how to live right, what the Word of God has to say about healing, and they choose not to change what they know to do to receive healing. And I said that to say this. Healing's for all, but there are blockages to healing. Pastor Dave hit on part of it at communion time a minute ago. And 1 Corinthians chapter 11 says very plainly, he says, if you don't, if you don't, if you don't see the body of Christ, what you're supposed to see, if you don't see Christ's body, it says that's a hindrance at communion time. And then it says, if you don't judge yourself, God will have to judge you. And so we as Christians have to know that communion time is a holy time. We need to judge ourselves and take it right, and that's a good time to receive healing. During communion, you can receive healing. God deals with your heart, and you make things right, and next thing you know, you walk out healed. And so we as Christians have to know that there's, there, there, there's healing blockages, and, and not only sin, but ignorance. Hosea 4, 6 says, my people, he said, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And I, I learned a long time ago in this modern internet age that for all the Google knowledge, you know what I come to find out? Google's not God. If, if I'm facing, if I'm facing a crisis there of healing, the last thing I'm going to do is go to Google. Oh, I better find out all about this. And you go to Google, and how do I know? Because people come to me and tell me what Google said. And I'll say, well, what did God say? Well, Google said this will happen, this, and this, and this many percent. This is what Google said. I say, what did God say? And so, Christians, why don't you start Godding instead of Googling? Amen. My people are destroyed by lack of audience. Okay, uh, Matthew chapter 8. It says that when he, Jesus, was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. Now, I want you to see this. And behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, and I circled this. He said, if thou will. What he's saying is, I don't know your will, Jesus. If thou will, thou canst make me clean. Jesus put forth his hand, called laying on the hands, and touched him, saying, I will. Jesus said, my will is to heal you. He didn't know this man. This man come to Jesus and said, I don't know if you will, but if you will, he said, please heal me. And Jesus didn't even hesitate. He said, I will. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and forever. I will. Be thou clean. And immediately he was cleansed. And so healing is always the will of God. We'll see more of that in a minute. But anyway, I, I want to say this. I kind of started down this path a minute ago, but one way... Jesus heals, but not the only way. Everybody say, but not the only way. 
One way that Jesus heals, but not the only way, is through laying on of hands. That's one way. We can't put God in a box. And I, I, know, I know that in churches like ours, and really in full gospel churches, laying on of hands is the most common thing we see. That's, that, that's, that's, the, the, that's what we see the most, is people laying hands on people and get them healed. But also, also, you can be healed through the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Through the gifts of the Holy Spirit. There's one gift of the Holy Spirit called the word of knowledge. And the word of knowledge is God knows something you don't know. And then God tells you. And there'd be a preacher preaching. And God will tell the preacher, there's somebody sitting here that's got a heart disease. There's some, there's some woman sitting here that you haven't been able to get pregnant to have a baby. And God wants to heal you. Well, that's called a gift of the Spirit. And when the gifts of the Spirit operate, a man or woman of God could call something out like that. But then there's another gift will operate called the gifts of healing. And so when the gifts of healing operate, that doesn't have to be laid in hands of all. They can be. But the man or woman of God could just say, stand up where you are. God's doing a miracle in you right now. God's doing a miracle in you right now. That's another way you receive healing. And that's because you, wherever you were in your faith, have cried out. And God chose to do it that way. And there's another way you can receive healing. James chapter 5, verse 14 and 15 says, If there's any sick among you, he didn't say if there's any sick in the world, the world's loaded with sick. Be said among you. That means in your church, in your congregation. If there's any sick among you, it said, let him call for the elders of the church. Or let her. What that means is this. Not, 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 not for you to drag, drag your goofy husband up and say, come on, pray for him. Well, he didn't have any faith in that. It says, let him call. Or, or drag your wife up. Or, or, drag, or drag your teenager up. Drag them up. Say, pray for him. There's no faith involved with that. He said his instructions were, if you're sick, you call. Maybe this will help somebody out there sometimes that dra- drags somebody up, absolutely re- rebelled against God, can't stand the beard, don't want a beard, drag them up, and throw them at our feet and say, now do something. Well, we can't do something unless they want something. Unless God sovereignly moves. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so call for the elders of the church, anointed with all in the name of the Lord, the prayer of faith. The prayer of faith shall heal the sick. And there's another way you can receive healing. By your own faith. Mark eleven twenty four. he said, Therefore I say unto you, whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them. Believe that you receive them. That's your faith in action. Believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. And so there, there's lots of different ways we can talk about, but the main thing is tonight we're looking at this laying on of hands, that, that that's one way, but not the only way. You don't limit God. Amen? Amen. And so, and so he said, I will be thou clean. And then I'm, I want you to uh, jump over to verse 5. And it says, And when Jesus was into Capernaum, there came to him a centurion. That's a Roman army officer. He's, he's not even a, a Jew. At this point in time, Jesus came for the Jews only. He was ministered to the Jews. So this guy's a Roman. He wasn't a covenant person. So he says, a centurion, this officer, beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick of the palsy. He was paralyzed, grievously tormented. I want you, I want you to notice this. The man didn't ask Jesus for anything. All he told him is that, Hey, my servant, and he, he must have loved his servant because he sought out Jesus 
And he wasn't in the covenant. He was an outsider. Matter of fact, they were the enemies of the Jews. The Jews hated them because they had them in bondage. And so this man come to Jesus said, Hey, I beg you. My servant's paralyzed. He's tormented. And Jesus didn't even hesitate. Jesus saith unto him, verse 7, I will come and heal him. I will come and heal him. I will. Why should Christians that love Jesus and serve Jesus have any doubts about his love for them that he he wants to heal their baby or to heal them? Now here this man is, Jesus was a Jew, ministered to the Jews, and this is a Roman officer that was whipping the Jews, arresting the Jews, persecuting the Jews. And Jesus didn't even hesitate, just said, I'll come and heal him. That's the way he is. Can I, can I tell you a secret who I found out over 43 years of doing this, who the easiest people are to get healed? Hold on to your religious glasses. The unsaved. Unsaved people and baby Christians that don't know what it's all about are the easiest ones to get healed. Jesus, Jesus many times has to touch their flesh to get to their heart. See, Christians, Christians, we're supposed to be spiritually conscious of the Holy Spirit. And we're the ones that's supposed to be led by the Spirit of God and hear the voice of Jesus in our heart And so Jesus should not have to touch our flesh to get our attention. We ought to pick up things in our spirit and say, yes, sir, I'll quit doing that. Oh, Jesus. Oh, I didn't know that was grieving Jesus. I'm going to stop doing that. Oh, Jesus. Okay, I was saving that for this, but you want me to go give it to that family for Christmas? Okay, Jesus, I'll go give that to them. See, we're Christians, and he talks to our heart. And we receive healing by our faith from our heart to receive healing, but you find somebody that knows not God and they're sick, I could I could give you so many testimonies all day and all night till next week about how many people in public and then people in other people's families that I'd be able to pray to before before I was a preacher and after I was a preacher just to be able to talk to them and say, you know what? Jesus loves you and Jesus is not what you have in that migraine. Jesus did not want you to have that. I remember one time, oh, i, I got to watch out, i got to get to this. I remember one time when I was a truck driver, I went to this dock at a department store, and back then, and this guy went to unload my truck, and man, he was coughing and wheezing and sneezing, had double barrel snot coming out. And, and, and I, said, I, I said, man, let me pray for you. And didn't give him much time to turn me down. I, I was always that way. I just went in and prayed anyway. Man, I, I popped my hand on his head. I released the anointing of God, and man, both barrels right up. That guy quit coughing and sneezing, and I said, Jesus did that. I remember another time. There's there a girl at a factory I was delivering at, and she was scratching the whole time. Anyway, long story short, I said, can I pray for you? And I sucked my hand out and grabbed her hand. And I prayed for her, broke the part of the devil over her, and we kept on working. I know she wasn't scratching anymore. I said, hey, where's that scratch at? She said, it's gone. I was born with that. I've scratched my whole life. It's gone. And so anyway, don't you have a goofy religious head to think that somebody is so evil that God won't heal them. They'll probably get healed before you if that's the way you think. 
Because the, the people Jesus got the maddest at, the, the people he was the roughest to, was religious people. Religious people that judged other people and thought they were better than them. Am I preaching right? Amen. So I'll tell you what, the day that you begin to get those goofy thoughts in your head, that I know that God will never do anything for her because I know how she is. Sis, you better look in the mirror. Or bro, but most of the time it's sis. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So anyway, I want you to notice this then. He said, I will come and heal him. And so then, and so then, verse 8, the centurion answered and said to him, Lord, I'm not worthy. See, he recognized he wasn't in the covenant. He wasn't in the covenant. He didn't go to the temple. He wasn't a Jew. He didn't make the sacrifices. He knew, I wasn't worthy. He said, I'm not worthy that thou shouldst come under my roof. Jesus already said, I won't come to your house. I'm going to heal your servant. He said, don't come. But what did he say? Speak the word only. And my servant, what? Shall be healed. He didn't say, well, I'm hoping and praying. If that's all you do is hoping and praying, guess what? You're not going to get anything. You have to quit hoping and praying and get faith in and thinking. Amen. Start using faith and thinking for what he's doing in your life. And so he said, speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. And so uh, I want you to notice that in verse 9. He said, for I'm a man under authority. He said, I'm under authority, have his soldiers under me, and I say to this man, go, and he goeth, to other company cometh, and to my servant, do this, and he doeth it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to them that followed, verily I said to you, I've not found so great faith. I've not found so great faith. He didn't say faith. He said, great. He said this is great faith. He said, no, not in Israel. When he said, no, not in Israel, that he means that these covenant people that I preach to every day, none of them have faith like this outsider, the guy looking in. said, this guy here said, I recognize the authority you have. And so paraphrased, uh, he said, I have authority over soldiers, so I know how authority works. And did you ever notice that in the Bible many times it gives natural examples of spiritual truths? He said, I've got authority he said, I got soldiers under me, and I tell them what to do, and they better say, yes, sir. He said, I got the ones over me. They say, yes, sir. They say, what to do? He said, I, yes, sir, I'll do it. And so he said, and in other words, I've seen and heard the authority that you, Jesus, have over sickness and demons. Think about that. He said, you don't have to come to my house. You just speak the word because I know you're just like I am in the army. If I tell them to drop down and give me ten, they better do it. If I tell them to dig the hole, they better start digging. I tell them to fill it up, they better fill it up. I tell them to run, they better run. That's what they have to do. They have to obey my word. And he said, I recognize your authority, Jesus, because I've got authority. I know if you tell sickness to go, Jesus, it has to go. I've seen your authority. He said, if you tell demons, get off them and let them go. He said, I know they have to go. I've seen your authority, Jesus. You have to come to my house. Amen. Amen. Isn't this real plain and real obvious? We're talking about healing is the word of God. And so I want you to notice then in verse 10, he says, I've not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. And so Jesus said, having faith, 
having faith in the authority of God's word is great faith. Having faith in the authority of God's word is great faith. Can, can I tell you how after four decades of doing this, I can pretty much tell immediately when I pray for somebody if they're going to receive healing or not. I know it's there. Well, let me tell you what the clue is. When I've got done praying and I've released the power of God, little kids come up here and get it every time. But so many times with adults, well, pastor, I know, but. Well, but. When somebody says but, then listen close, because they might say, I know the Bible's true. I know that Jesus is good. When they say but, then they're getting, to tell you, they're getting ready to tell you what they really believe. Well, pastor, I know that God healed you when you had blood cancer. I know that God healed your heart. I know that God healed your son. But my doctor said, oh, okay. Well, what can I pray for you about then? Because you're not going to get it here. So where's your level of faith? And then they say, well, I'd like to be able to live my last year without pain. Well, if that's where your faith is, man, and here's what you're believing for, I'll pray for it to be pain-free then, and God will honor your faith. Amen. And so Jesus said, the greatest faith he's ever seen is when a believer, this guy wasn't even a believer, but when a believer says, God's word says I'm healed, so I am. And like Pastor Dave said, well, I'll go about Philippians, <coughs> excuse me, Philippians 4.19. God said my needs are met, so they are. Amen. And so whatever God's word says, that's what they say uh, they believe. That's great faith. But I want you to hold your place and look at Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3. You know, when I teach the Bible, I try to keep it real simple so anybody can understand. Is this pretty simple? Is it easy to understand? But I'll tell you what, this is the difference between life and death. If you get a serious diagnosis, or one of your loved ones gets a serious diagnosis, this difference between life and death, what you do with the word, Ephesians chapter, or Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3. I want you to notice this about Jesus, who being the brightness of God's glory and the express image of his person. Here's what I want you to look at. And upholding all things by the word of his power. The word of his power. Now I'm going to explain this in a way, in a way that's going to light you up. And like Pastor Dave says, this don't light your, light your wood, light, light your fire, your wood's all wet. All right. In Rotherhead's rather translation, it says, also bring all things up by the utterance of his power. By the utterance of his power. By the word of his power is the utterance, what he says of his power. And that's a raiment. That's called the spoken word. By the spoken word. That man said, speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. And so the spoken word is how the power of God is released in any situation. I'd like to say it this way. Faith-filled words are spiritual containers of the power of God. Faith-filled words. 
are spiritual containers of the power of God. Let's talk about the Word of God spoken in faith. It's one thing to quote the Bible, and I can always, and again, I, I can always tell, I can always tell somebody asks, is that because when we're talking about the Word of God, if they're whining, they're not in faith. Well, I know, Pastor, by his stripes, I was healed. Oh, I know. He's going to heal me someday. That's not faith-filled words. That's whining. That's fear. That's just talking in front of the pastor that way because they know they think that's what I want to hear. But they get out there as soon as they walk out the door to everybody else. Hey, 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 hey. Uh, I'm going to get on Facebook. Everybody pray for me. I've been diagnosed with this, this cancer. I've been, I've been told this. It might, might be this and it might be that. Prayers, and then they'll, they'll, they'll get what they ask for. They'll get all the sending prayers, hon. Probably by people who don't even know God. Sending prayers, who are you sending them to? If you send them to the person that got on Facebook, that's the wrong one. You send them up to Jesus. You send them up to the Father, then the Father sends the answers. So the sending prayers to, prayers to Facebook is going to get you nothing. Amen. Faith-filled words are spiritual containers of the power of God. And so, now listen to this, when our faith-filled words reach their intended target. We put the words out, they hit their target, they will produce exactly and precisely what God's word says they will. When you hit the target, whether it's a, whether it's a strife condition in a home, whether it's children issues, job issues, will you absolutely, when you absolutely get the word of God in your heart to where you know that you know and you speak it out of your mouth, that's the power of God going. And when it hits that target, it's got to go. Amen. Anybody get anything out of this? Amen. Well, let's get back to Matthew chapter 8. We'll wind it down then. And so, Jesus called that great faith. And then verse 11 and 12, he talks about, he's not seen anything there. Said, 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 said that, said, said, said the Jews are not going to make it if they don't get a hold of this. But then verse 13, and Jesus said unto the centurion, now look at this. And if, if you're just a casual reader, or you're religiously blinded, you won't see what he said here. Jesus said, go thy way. Now look at this. As thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. We already know what Jesus believed. Jesus be, believed healing was yours every time. But then Jesus said, Mr. Centurion, Casey Browning, as you have believed. Not how the pastor believed. Not how somebody else believed. Said how you have believed. That's what will be done unto you. And so we're talking about healing right now, but what if it's your light bill? What do you believe? I just believe they're going to shut my lights off. We're stretched out. That's the end. Well, I'll tell you, the times I went through those things, I believed that I was a faithful tither. I believed that God rebuked to the fire. I believed the windows ever opened. I'd never, ever have my lights shut off. I went through lots of layoff times back when I was a truck driver. Went to lots of times where... My very bold wife was the telephone person who could make those deals. Man, she could have run, let's make a deal. 
She made those deals, never lost her lights, because we, we always believed we never would, and we never did. Praise God, we pay them early now. But I'm just telling you, he said, as thou hast believed, what comes out of your mouth is what you believe. And if you don't learn the language of silence, you'll never learn the language of faith. No matter how tempted you are, no matter how tempted you are to say what the devil wants you to say, if you'll just keep your mouth shut and make yourself say what God wants you to say, then you'll get it every time. So anyway, let's, let's just wrap her up here. He said, as thou hast believed, so be it done unto you. And guess what? His servant was healed in the selfsame hour. In the selfsame hour. And you know, when you look back at what that man believed, you know all he said? All he said was, speak the word only, my servant shall be healed. And you know, if you notice that, Jesus never one time said anything except, I, I will come and heal him. And that was the last Jesus said about it. He didn't even have to go. The man said, speak and he'll be healed. Amen. this help anybody? Amen. Amen. Get a hold of this. This is real. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. And, uh, you know, let, let, let's stand up. We'll pray for you if you need prayer. But I'm, I'm just thinking, you know, sometimes people need trained. And, and when you come up for prayer... Let me just let me just give you one thing for you personally. For congregation, it's always good to stay reverent yourselves while we're praying. But you come up here on the way all the way up here, just be kind of whisper something like this to the Lord, or at least talk to him from your heart and say, Jesus, I'm going up for prayer and I believe as soon as whoever prays for you, as soon as they pray for me, they lay hands on me, I believe as soon as they do, because you said lay hands on sick, they shall recover. I believe Jesus. As soon as they touch me, your healing power is going to in my body. And from that moment on, Lord, I'm going to praise you and thank you. You said I'm recovering. You need to get in the habit of having your faith released. If you're whispering out of your mouth to him, out of your own mouth, have your faith released and make that connection. And then you come up here just so easy to pray for you to say, as you have believed, so be it done unto you. I know sometimes when I'm praying for people personally, They'll read me off an organ recital. What's an organ recital? My stomach, my belly, my brain, my head. Start going through all the organs. And so they get done reciting, and then I say, well, what do you want prayer for then? You just tell me, because you, you said all this here. And so I don't know how to pray for you. You tell me how you're praying. And then once we get together on the same page in faith, then I can hook up with them, and then I can say, according to your faith, be it done unto you. I've done my part. God's done his part. Now your part is to believe. And how do you believe? You keep on thanking him every day, every day, every day. You thank him and you thank him and you thank him that his power is working in your body. Amen? Amen. So if anybody needs prayer for you, they come up here. We'll be glad to pray for you.
you, Jesus. All right, everybody. Well, we trust everybody's been blessed who received the word of God on healing tonight, man. Absolutely powerful. That Matt, you need to know that Matthew chapter eight is a wonderful passage to study on healing. And uh, Pastor, or as I call him, Dad, uh, really broke it down really, really good tonight. So, Amen. We love the word there. Praise the Lord. Well, we're going to close out. I want to remind you that Saturday night, six o'clock, is the candlelight service. All right, so be here for that. Bring your family and friends, and uh, it's going to be a wonderful time together. And then, of course, we do have service on Christmas morning for about an hour, uh, ten o'clock. So let's, uh, if you're you know in town and everything and uh, available, let's do that. Let's come together and worship Jesus on Christmas Day. Amen. Let's go ahead and close out in prayer tonight. Then we'll do our Barstow Faith Confession. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, so much for what we've seen out of your word tonight, Lord. And we know that just like you said there several times in Matthew 8, you said, I will heal you. And we know that it is your will to heal us, Lord. And we want to be just like that Roman centurion and say, speak the word only. And so, God, I pray in our lives for anything we have going on that we're going to speak the word only. We love you and we praise you. And we say that these next few days are going to be wonderful. And this will be the best Christmas that we have ever had, Lord, because of you. We love you and we praise you in the name of Jesus. Can everybody say amen? All right. We're going to do our Barstow Faith Confession. And I don't think James has done it now for maybe a couple months. Let's bring James on up to do it for us. Yeah. (laughs) You still remember it, right? Okay. (laughs) We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is safe in Jesus' name. Amen. See you Sunday. Saturday. Saturday. Don't forget about Saturday morning for helping.